0: We are very good at linear thinking. What does it mean, linear thinking? For example, if I sit here right now and I tell the listen, guys, I'm sorry, you know, I need to drink and I don't have water. I want to go to the kitchen. And the kitchen is about 30 steps. I have to take 30 steps. You look at me, average uh, average uh, height woman. Well, you can say perhaps, you know, perhaps I'm with some high heels or whatever. And then say, well, if she has to, or without. not, or without, and then you say, "Well, if she has to go thirty steps, what can be the the distance till the kitchen? About thirty met- meters." The hidden assumption here that is that every step is similar in size to the to the uh, to the previous one and the next one. This is linear thinking. So you're saying, "Okay, one step is one meter. Thirty steps." Thirty meters. What if I tell you that uh, I have to do thirty exponential steps, meaning two, four, eight, sixteen? What is the distance from me from uh, from uh, between me and the, my kitchen? Well, I'll tell you. I have to uh, uh, circle the 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 earth. Uh, uh, 26 times. What is happening right now, we are human are very good in linear thinking. And linear thinking was a very good tool for a world that is changing in a linear pace. In a world which is being, which is being changed and, and, and will continue to accelerate. The, the pace of change is going to accelerate because this is exponential age right now. Meaning, we we have to rewire our mind to adopt because technology evolves in exponential race, race um, phase, okay? And we are linear thinking. So this is this is really the difference I think between um, people who really uh, can understand the opportunity of what is lying ahead, and I'll show you in a second what do I mean. So right now- But Yali, well, <laughs> is there people like currently that you're talking about that, that they have exponential thinking? It's beyond, it's exponential thinking. Exponential thinking meaning, okay? Meaning that, you know, I'm gonna give you to example and then you'll see, okay, I wanna show you how it looks. What is, what is exponential change look like? Okay, okay, oh, sorry. Uh, it's supposed to be here, where is it? it's not working. Why, why it's not working? Oh, here, okay. Look about look about China. What happened to China in 23 years? This is it China.
1: Look how quickly it, ch- it changes. Okay, in 20 years. If we would have been traveling to China
0: in 2000, you know how, how many percent were in of, of the population were middle, uh, middle from with middle income? About uh, I think thirteen uh, percent. It got up to more than fifty one percent in fifteen years. Never in the history of, of the world we haven't seen sh- such a move. You know such an elevation for people of people from poor state to medium. You know for, for you know uh, decent living. It never happened ever. So this is Shanghai. I won't I don't want to talk about uh, New York right now. I want to s- explain what does it mean. When you understand that you are, you can work in exponential pace. In ten years, you are going to be a one thousand times better. In twenty years, you're a million times better. In thirty years, you're a billion. Times better. We are not used to thinking in those terms. We are not used to thinking in terms that everybody, everything is possible. And the essence of exponential thinking is that if you do something in an exponential pace and you do it good, this is where you going. This is where you're going to get. And this is what's happening to technology. So this, the, I think right now, this is a broad thought. It is not, it's more than what we are talking about right now. The main challenge now of humanity is to move from linear thinking to exponential thinking. Because usually when we are thinking about a problem or a situation, because we are used to linear thinking, well, if there is a problem, we'll say, well, even if we use this solution, we won't solve it. No you know, the, the price of uh, solar energy dropped 50 times in the last 40 years, but until, until the last five drops, it didn't make a difference because still it was, uh, it was more expensive than, uh, you know, the, the traditional um, options. But once they hit, you know, a certain point, as we talked about yesterday, remember that the zero principle, then everything is gonna change. So you must, and this is, I'm I'm very serious right now. When you go into your company and work and when you're around the table and you're discussing a solution and how it's going to contribute to you, you should ask yourself whether this is a linear solution or is it exponential solution? And are you thinking about it in linear uh, methods or in exponential? This is crucial. I'm very serious. If, if you don't even remember anything from what I'm saying today, this is crucial. I really, really want you to, to, to understand that. Okay. So so this is the first one. So what? No, I'm just I'm just wondering who is leading this kind of thinking? Is it learned in school? Uh, who is like how, how it's gonna happen? Do you, want, do you think we can you can you can keep the questions? Until I finish because it's very hard for me because it's okay or you you I'm sure. not insulting yeah you. that that's okay. okay 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 now why it's so important because if right now we are we are entering about this and you heard me saying it twice third time and so forth to age of disruptive technologies which are going to change everything we know and these technologies are progressing in exponential fa- a, a pace. So we, we won't be kept, we won't be able to capture. We simply won't be able to capture What, what, what what's the capabilities. And, and one note regarding yesterday's uh, uh, work. I was, when I thought about it at night, I thought you're not taking seriously the idea that you must think about what you can do with technology. Because when all of you uh, were talking I, you, you weren't referring to any of those technology as a tool that you can use in order to solve the problems or to, in, or, to, or to tackle the opportunities. So disruptive thinking, first tool. Second tool, or the second question, can I use any kind? So first question always is, am I thinking about this in a linear fashion or exponential fashion? Is the solution? is linear or exponential. Second question you must ask yourself, can I use any of these 15 you know, disruptive technology to solve the problem or you know, tackle the opportunity? And then the third question should be, is there a way to converge okay, between those technology? Is it, this is the third question that you ask yourself. Okay? And I wanna show you, for example, right now, you know, uh, the construction um, uh, industry is the largest in the world. I, I think it's about nine. I don't recall whether it. it's nine, eight, nine, $9 trillion. Forget, forgive me if I'm wrong in, in one trillion. But right now, when you look worldwide, all the walls are being built in the same way. But what's happening right now is that we are capable of taking concepts from biology, blend them with chemistry, use the law of physics to create total different materials from which we are gonna build the the, the buildings. So there are going to be so many combinations that we never had. We are going to have roads that are going to repair themselves if there is a problem. There are going to be walls that are going to be a source of energy, okay? We are going to have, we are going to have uh, doors and, 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 and internal um, um, uh, uh, part of the room that we will be able to um, redesign and redesign. The, the wall will, will not stay in the same place. I can get up in the morning and say, I want this wall to move. And I'm going to have a remote and it will move because today I have guests and nothing will happen.
1: How is it going to be? So I think
0: you must use your imagination. I think the worst part that is happening to most of us is that all of us are being born with a lot of imagination, but the process of of studying the learning the way it's being done worldwide, it's not only in Israel, uh, we are being asked in a sense to put our imagination aside and to use only logic. And I think the coming era is going to be totally different because it's going to be a combination of imagination and rationality. Okay, so I'm just giving you just an example because I'm working right now a lot in the construction. Somehow got I got to this situation. So, so anything, think about like, you know, Ikea. We are not from far from the situation that you will buy something from Ikea. And instead of looking at, you know, they give this all those brochure that you have to know how to use. I never know, okay? Or you ask them to send someone, right? What if I tell you that Ikea is not from far from a situation that you simply open the box, okay? And the parts can assemb- assemble themselves. It's called, 4D printing, when time is a variable. So you must start using your imagination. How can we use all these different methods? We are waiting right now to 500 to 1000 new, um, uh, you know, materials that we never had, which are going to be totally combinations, okay? So this is just to give you an idea. What does it mean to think about uh, a combination of, of of the of the different um, of the different uh, uh, technologies, you know, going out of Earth, for example, or how are we going to use, you know, robots? I mean, robots are going to be a part of the, of our life. What what is? Are you sure that you're speaking right now to me, or is it a robot that represents me? How can you be sure? Can you be sure right now? Is it me or is it my significant robot? Aaron, what do you
1: think? You think it's me? Okay. I hope so.
0: You hope so, okay. So <laughs> once, and I wanna show you where it's gonna, where it's gonna, how it's going to be, it's, it's not, um, I would say, uh, just, you know, uh, uh, a virtual concept that has nothing to do with real life. You know, it's very pragmatic. If I put right now on the, qu- on, on the table the question, would you acquire a company that um, has no profit, is dealing with multiply, uh, loose lawsuits, and not related to your core business? The answer seems clear, right? Of course not. Who needs it? I have enough problems in my business. Why should I do it? Okay, the business was bought for one point nearly $1.7 dollars, and it's YouTube. And today I don't recall the number, but of course it's much higher. Okay, just to give you an idea. Why? Because when you have exponential thinking when you understand the power of disruptive technology and how can you use it you look beyond the here and now you're not cut your, your thinking is not being cut in the short term you can look much further just to give you another example okay would you acquire a company that has no profit again has no product, has no clients. It's only like four or five years old, if I'm not mistaken at that time. This is it was, call, it was, It was bought by Google for half a billion. It's still not making profits, still losing money. Now they have many products but they are going to change the world in many, many senses. They are right now recreating new methods of using AI for um, deep analysis in medicine, for um, managing um, energy, uh, for uh, recapturing, um, sorry, um, assessing any kind of, um, I would say, um, weather hazard that's going to be like typhoon and, and so forth. So this is a company that when it was bought by Google, they knew that it will take another 10 years that they will make a profit. But when they start, it's going to be immense. And I want to remind all of us that Amazon wasn't making a penny for a long time, a long time. And I want to remind you that Tesla until I think five or four years ago was considered, you know, a very, very risky, I'm sorry, I'm just closing it, Business, people thought S- Tesla will never earn one dollar, $1, one cent, do you know that? Now it's one of the most important manufacturer uh, of, of a vehicle in the world. So the other issue is to adopt the long view. You can create something which is sustainable, which is worthwhile, which is going to have immense impact on the world and also become a legendary company. If you're only focusing on the short term, okay. Are we okay till now? Question till now. Before I proceed, can stop for a second. Any questions, or should I proceed?
2: You can proceed.
0: Okay. Okay. So this was, I would say, these were mega, mega um, tools that you must all the time. Listen, do it if you're sitting in the bus and you're thinking about, I don't know, um, there is a billboard. Take every minute you have and use it for exercising. Ask yourself, okay, what would I do with this wall if, it wouldn't have been, if there wouldn't have been a billboard? What if I would have been the one that paid for this billboard? What should I do differently in order to convey the messages? And so, so, and so use anything, any experience you're having in life to ask yourself those questions. Am I thinking about it in linear or exponential? Okay, am I thinking long-term or short-term? Am I thinking about how can it be done totally differently and solve it or you know, you know, or improve it with the technology and so forth? Just do it all the time. It's a question of habit. Everybody can acquire it. Listen, I think all of us are capable of doing much more than we do. I do believe that. And the only time, only thing we should do is understand what are the tools and exercise, that's all. Okay, now I wanna start about, I wanna teach you a little bit about, it's a, a concept that I think I created that called disruptive thinking. And what I did is that I collected few methods of thinking which I think are crucial for um, any kind, anyone who wants to be involved in any kind of uh, decision-making in the process. So the first one, is what we call first principle thinking. Anyone familiar with the term? Did you hear it ever? Okay. The person who is most uh, known for this kind of thinking is Elon Musk. He, I don't know whether you know, but he learned physics, I think in Harvard. And this is one of the methods that is uh, highly used in uh, physics. And it's really going back and asking, what is the initial problem? And if you take any kind of project that Elon Musk is involved in, you can see that what he's doing is implying all the time, all the time in each situation, first principle thinking. And I wanna give you an example and I'll, I'll give you an example regarding that, but I wanna say, sec- I wanna talk first about, about the, <coughs> the concept of electric car. OK? You see this? This was the electric car of the past. It was, I think, ugly. I, I hope I'm not insulting anyone. Uh, it wasn't convenient. Uh, you could uh, drive it for like, I don't know, five kilometers, and it took a long, long time to, you know, uh, to charge it. So if you would have asked anyone like uh, uh, 20 years ago, would you like to have an electric car? It would have sound like, you know, you're not taking me seriously. And I, it, it used to be a car, as people used to say, for tree huggers, okay? So when Elon Musk decided that he want to take by storm and revolution and, 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 and change, but completely disrupt, the uh, automobile uh, uh, the vehicle market because this is the first because and and the reason was he was looking for ways to keep you know a mother earth and dealing with the uh, climate change, uh, crisis he says well the first the first problem of course is uh, using a vehicle and using uh, you know fossil fuel fossil fuel so he said why people he asked the question why people are not buying? electric car, he says, and he understood that if he won't change the image of the electric car, people will not buy it. So this is first principle. What is the real, the root cause of this issue, of this problem? So when he got out, and I want, to take, I want to remind you that Tesla exists only 15 years, that's all. So what was the first car? He took, I think it was. He took it. I think it was uh, a Lotus, if I'm not mistaken. But if I'm not mistaken, as as uh, as as his um, as his, uh, uh, I would say um, source of inspiration. And this was the first car. This was the first electric car that Tesla came with. Came out with. It was expensive. It was, I think, about uh, one hundred and thirty. Thousand dollars, but it was it has the same power of McLaren, and as you know, McLaren is one of the best racing car in the world. So look at these pictures. This is the old metaphor of what it is to have an um, an electric car, and this is the new one. If you have to choose right now between the two of them, who would you choose? So what did in one action? It totally upside down, reversed the way we think about electric car. And if you ask anyone who has a Tesla, and I won't go deep right now into the Tesla because it's a whole, I can speak about Tesla for three hours, if not more than that. It continues all the time to improve Tesla, right? And when you speak to people who have Tesla, I don't know whether you were aware of it. Uh, last week, they, I think they had the again, uh, they created a new method of uh, safety and security. And it's again being seen as the previous, uh, perceived as the highest one uh, in, in terms of uh, safety and security in, in, uh, and, and with gap between all the competitors. So- Maybe using
2: InnoViz.
1: Wonderful. From, from, from yesterday.
0: <laughs> wonderful.
1: So think about that.
0: So, for example, when we talked about yesterday, Aaron, when we talked about the fact that we have a problem that male in the heredic community are taking a lot of responsibility in the household and this prevents them to create for them, you know, a, a meaningful source of income, and enjoy, you know, this, you know, creation part of their life. Well, I would go and ask what is the, what, what is, what is the main problem, okay? The other thing he did, I wanna give you another example. You know, uh, when he was in the university, my uh, mentor, Peter Diamandis, created the, uni- the first university for space. It was for students. That is two, the, co- the, the, the additional two co-founders co- were Jeff Bezos and Enol Musk. And I don't don't know whether you know, but Jeff Bezos always said, I'm gonna make a lot of money in Amazon and I'm gonna take it in order to to, uh, create for us uh, an alternative in space. So, but what Elon Musk did, he he asked himself, why can't we conquer
1: space? And the answer he came
0: with is that because every time we are creating a spaceship, How many times do we use it? You know, how much, how many times we used to use it? Only once. Once. You remember, think about the fact that you are going to go on a vacation, you know, hopefully soon. Doesn't matter to Paris, London, wherever, Lisbon, New York. And a minute after you landed, uh, the captain uh, (coughs) says, we landed, blah, blah, blah. Now, please make sure that you, t- you took all your belongings because we are taking the plane and we are crashing it right now into the sea. Okay? You would have thought that it's insane, right? Why then isn't it, we don't think it's insane to do it with spaceship. When we are thinking about abnormalities, you remember from yesterday, abnormalities that that become norms. This is it. So Elon Musk said, until I find a way that I can reuse, okay, the spaceship the same way we do with planes, we will never be able. We will never be able to conquer space. So he went further. And what did he do? He changed the materials. Uh, He changed the structures, but what else did he do? I want to show you again the film.
1: He changed the team who was landing the
0: spaceship. What do you think was the difference? Who are who is, who, who, what the team is built of today in comparison to what was done like until now? It's not human, it's AI.
1: AI, okay, a computer
0: is the one that is taking off and it's an, an AI a computer which is in charge of lending look did you see how how beautiful was the landing see it again see how accurate it was we will never ever let anyone no human even not school uh, no look, look uh, what's his name from uh, star trek to do that
1: because once you have the idea
0: okay what did it look he says what is the major what is the according to first the main problem, what is that I should tackle? And then what did He use the disruptive technology to create a solution.
1: I know it's very hard
0: right now. And it seems to you as if I'm talking in a language that you've never heard, but I can assure you, all of you, all of you, all of you are capable. It's simply training, training and training. And it might be sometimes easier to work in groups, in teams to do that, okay? Another time that he used it, I don't, I'm not sure I have it here. I want to tell you, no, I don't have the slide because I didn't want to put (coughs) too many slides on Elon Musk, but did you hear about the boring company that he created? Okay.
2: The what? The what? Boring company? Yeah. No. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, right now he's not there, but he is, now I think he's living in Texas, but he used to live in LA. And the distance between his home and uh, his office was like, I think, two kilometers. But then he, every day, because there was such a heavy traffic, it took him like two hours to get to the office. So he put on, just a second, sorry, just a second. He put on a Twitter saying, that is uh, is sick of this, and he's going to create a boring company. Meaning, you know, boring. Meaning, you know, taking the the the, the sand, the, okay, the soil out, and he will create a tunnel that he will use in order to get to the office. And everybody thought that he was joking, but he wasn't. He wasn't. So he started doing it, and now many cities are asking him to create for them so you take your car and you go down and you simply cut off all the, all the traffic jam. But when he started working on it, even though the distance was short, do you know how much money was supposed to cost this boring uh, this boring you know, um, uh, you know, solution? Any idea? It was supposed to cost about $1 billion, very expensive. What did he do? Do you know what is the most expensive part when you, you, when you create a boring whatever, any idea? He's taking out the
1: soil. So instead of taking out the soil,
0: he created a factory downstairs and he's using the soil that he's moving, okay, to create the uh, uh, bricks with which he built
1: the, the tunnel. Unbelievable, right?
0: First principle thinking is, I think, a radical tool to change whatever you're thinking about.
1: We are okay, I can continue? Yeah, okay. Another way,
0: another disruptive thinking methods, I call it redefining the problem. And I'll do it very quickly now. I wanna introduce you to Jim Ellison. I'm not, I don't know whether you know, but uh, Jim Ellison, you know, he he was the winner of the um, uh, Nobel Prize uh two years ago he looks like a butcher he's a very nice guy and uh, uh, when when you, when the, he was interviewed um, he said that most of you know um, pisses him, him off sorry pisses him off but cancer really really grieved with the quick why because he lost his mother his uh, brothers and so 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 on when he was young. And he and a small group of people 40 years ago had this radical, stupid, amazing, whatever you wanna you know call it, any kind of uh, ad- ad- adjective is okay, to take out the T cells, put them in the lab, learn them how to fight the cancer and put them in. This is a method that called immunotherapy and for many years uh, they they didn't succeed so what he di- what he did he didn't understand They didn't understand why it's not working and what he did because what happened is that he saw that every time he he took a t cell and put it back and he the, the t cell recognized that it's a cancer cell instead of running towards him and killing it, he was stopping. He says, and everybody says, what should we do? So let, let's think about this problem in a metaphor of, of, of a car. We have the gas, right? And we have the stop. How do you say the stop? Uh, brakes. So for many years, from I think three, three decades, most of the researchers were thinking about the fact. So they said, if he's stopping, if the T cell stops when you see the cancer cell, perhaps we need to take back the brakes so it won't stop.
1: Okay. Sorry. All of them
0: said, sorry, sorry, sorry. So. I miss, I, I miss uh, um, presenting it. All of them saying, so if he's stopping, let's put more on the gas, right? If we put more gas, you know, in a car, you want to progress, you know, you want to move forward, you press more, right? You, you, you accelerate. We'll put on. And the more they did it, you know what happened? The T cell went backwards. Instead of progressing, they went backwards and they didn't know what. And Ellison came with the concept that the issue is that the T cell is so wise that he knows that if you're pushing, it's not a good thing. So he said, what instead? of putting all our resources in trying to find a way to push more on the gas, we will find some chemical ways to teach the T-cell to lift off the brakes. Meaning he reframed the problem. As well as I did, as you recall, I told you yesterday with the tanks, you remember that I told you with the tanks? Remember that I told you that it's the same thing. It's not easy. In many ways, it's even harder, than I think, than principle one, reframing the problem. You must come with, I would say, naivete uh, of a child. And to try to look at the problem from a totally different angle. And here I must tell you something personal. I think that once you get the concept
1: that you're probably wrong most of the time, and you probably know very little, then
0: you're becoming better in uh, first principle thinking and also with reframing the problem. There is a very book, good book, and there are some lectures about it. I I urge you all to read it called Think Again. It uh, was written d- during the co- Corona, uh, you know, the first year of the corona. Now we're still in the corona. Wrote it at a guy called Adam Grant. He's a psychologist. He's a, I think, um is a what is 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 like one of the most important people in the world uh, under the age of 40, even though I think he's now, more than uh, aged, like, like all of us, but he created a very good book which says, You always have to question the way you think. Once you renounce the idea that you are right, you must, you, you're probably going to be much more successful in looking at things in, in very, f- from, from very different angles. Okay, can I continue? You're, we are okay?
1: Yes. OK.
0: Another method of disruptive thinking is, this is this is something, a concept which my teacher, Edie Weiner, which is a great woman. Unfortunately, she is not teaching anymore. She's like 90 years old. She wants to enjoy life. I'm sorry she doesn't want to teach us anymore. But she came with a very interesting notion. She says she came up with the notion that She says it in, in, this is what she says. The concept is like that. In a beginner's head, there are many options. In the uh, expert mind, there is only one option. She says, and all of us, all of us are suffering from what she called educated incapacity. Meaning we know too much about what we know. So it's hard for us to see other alternatives. So she says there are two only two species that can uh, that are not suffering from this. One is children. So right now we have a child in the a baby in the in the class. I think we should learn from him. The the other one is is alien. And she was relating to there was a very interesting um, film that uh, was done I think in the fifties or sixties. Uh, and she says that. Uh, <coughs> an alien was sent to, to earth to learn about us, you know, be human beings and what's happening here. So when he reports back to the, uh, to his lieutenant uh, and he's being asked, okay, so who is the most important uh, creature, you know, on, on earth, he says, well, it's something that is called the car. He says, what is it? He says, well, it's, uh, this, uh, it's a metal thing and he has four wheels and uh, usually he usually has two servants. So this uh, one of them is a man. He's taking it every day to the parking lot to play. And then he goes into an office to earn money to pay for the car. And the car is very hungry on the way to home. So he stops and the car likes to drink something which is called gasoline. And then he goes home and then he puts her in a, in a, in a nice place and he cover it and go to, to sleep. So we'll have, have energy. To go and uh, take care of the car tomorrow morning. Nice, right? So, uh, okay, just a second. Sorry, I got Ken, Ken. I'm sorry, um, my, my secretary is not working because it's uh, Friday. So, Another another, um, example, of course, is uh, where really is the source of knowledge? Is it you know, us, the very important people that thinks we know, or is it children? And do you know the story about uh, Ken Robinson? Unfortunately, he passed, uh, passed away last year. He has this beautiful story about a child which is sitting in the kindergarten and uh, you know the teacher is calling everybody to 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 lunch, and she says, "Anna, please come. We need to go to lunch." She says, "Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm just uh, drawing right now. What are you drawing? I have to finish the drawing right now." She says, "Why do you have to finish the drawing?" I says, "Well, because I'm, this is a drawing of of God eating lunch with us." So uh, the teacher says, "Listen, but no one knows how God looks like, right?" She says, well, that's good. So in a few minutes, they will know.
1: (laughs) So the minute you understand that knowledge is everywhere, the question is, are you open enough to learn? If you're changing your mind and you understand that
0: everyone can be a teacher in one way or the other, then you're surrounding with a world of wisdom. Are we capable of doing it? Not, but the alien who's listening to everybody saying to his lieutenant, the children, the children were saying the most interesting thing. They know much more about the world, they're curious, they don't have preconceptions. They're investigating, they're searching for answers. They're not willing to, you know, to accept only shallow answers and so forth, okay? So, and anyone who has a child, right, knows that. So the third example I'm gonna give you regarding uh, the alien, uh, uh, you know, after our dearest uh, Edie Weiner, well, um, he's sitting with some people and he said, uh, let's say during the Corona or before that, uh, he says, um, um, why, do you do, why don't you do all your shopping uh, online? And they said, no, 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 no. We want to go to the shop. Why do you want to go to the shop? And, and the people answer because there is a dressing room. So in his head, a dressing room is what you see here on the right. You see beautiful, you know, beautiful spaces. You can sit, relax drink something good music you have a lot of space to put your things right now and how really our dressing rooms look like like it's in the on the right right no place any woman that ever was buying in zara we always have to look whether we have our purse with us right that no one is entering we are running for the mirror which is over there because we can't see in the mirror inside all the body and so forth so The essence of what I'm trying to say right now is, can you try to think about anything from a child perspective, or from an Indian perspective? Okay, so this is is another method that I think we should know. The other method is asking a more beautiful question. What is happening to us usually when we sit in in the room and we are supposed to ask questions? Well, we have a nice question and then a better question and then we have a very good question and then we stop. Usually if we don't stop, if we push ourselves further, then we are going to get, okay, into a much nicer question. And I keep telling you, questions are going to be much more important than answers in the coming future. And the only way to use a good answer in the future is not going to to use it to get and create a conclusion. The best way to use a good answer or a perfect answer or an incredible answer in the future is to use it to create a better question. This is crucial because questions else us insist in, in framing. So for let's give you an example. If you had these questions, how do you build a large golf course on a small island?
1: Any idea? Maybe you can do it in levels. Very Maybe. good. Yeah, and you can you can just build another
0: island beside the island. Very good, gun. Very good idea as well. More idea. Both of these are very good ideas. More ideas.
2: The VR goal, of course.
0: Wonderful idea. Great. Using technology, very good one. Okay, what they came up. This is this was a real problem for a constructor, and what he did is simply minimized. <laughs> he created the miniature one. <laughs> So it, it's a reverse, it was a reversing, but it, it is a very good one. We so, feel what are saying, we, what? No, I'm just kidding. We're, we can
1: see it here in, in the apartment in the Tel Aviv. But
0: okay. okay. You're, right. <laughs> you're right. So, what's important is, 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 is really looking for beautiful questions. Okay. It's because once you insist on in finding better questions, you're shifting your perception and thinking. Okay? It's very, it's, 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 it's a wonderful tool. And it doesn't matter, I'm telling you, it's such a good tool, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about your personal life, your professional life, you know, business dilemma. Always ask yourself, is this the right question? Okay? Okay? It's really becoming an adventure. It's like, it's like, you know, getting lost, which is a beautiful way to find new things. Okay, so I'm just telling you this. So, I want to give you some examples from the business from from the business world. Okay. Okay, Netflix. You know, before they were, it was uh, uh, you know uh, online. It was a company like Blockbuster. You know, they they were sending, you know, uh, the videotapes. You know, you recall that. To everybody's place. And what Blockbuster used to do is to, to um, charge you horrible fees for late. I mean, you took the film, you were supposed to return it on Friday, but you return it a week later, so you have to pay a double. So Netflix, in the beginning, they were copying. You remember yesterday, I gave you, I gave you some hints. Find differentiation. Don't try to compete with Matrix, okay? don't try okay or oh, the company that was creating this beautiful uh, um, nature uh, solutions for wounds and so forth but they were trying to be to to be a, to, to appear like scientific and they lost the essence of being natural and so forth I'm just giving this an example okay so they asked themselves should we continue and do what blockbuster are doing what is going to happen if we will not pay. ask our customer to pay for late fees, okay? So what happened to them? Netflix became, even before they were online, much stronger than Blockbuster, okay? Pandora, they asked, what if we could make the DNA of, of music? And you know, we take them, I think, 12 years of struggles, if I'm not mistaken, until they became su- such a success. And then, a very, very ancient company, which the son of the creator of the company, okay? asked his father, father, dad, why do we have to wait until the picture is being produced? Polaroid. companies, what if, what if, what if we could find a solution that all men in Haredic society had the ability to go to work and not to worry about their children, what if what if the company that is de- dealing with the radar and so forth, uh, sensor, sorry, not only would like to find ways to decrease the price, which is a, it's a half of a very good solution, but also can find a way to improve the customer journey. What if?
1: Always when you think that you got the
0: best answer, try to see what is the treasure, a hidden treasure, which is really a more beautiful
1: question. Okay? Okay.
0: Okay, I I, I just want to continue. Okay, I want to continue because we are in slide. Oh my God. 32 out of 80. So, okay, can I continue, guys? Or you want five minutes?
2: what was the what? slide with Instagram, WhatsApp, and Spotify that you just like, yeah, Uber, Airbnb?
0: There, there were companies that were, were born out of questions. Oh, nice. Okay. So let's try, let's take five, five minutes because I know it's a lot of information, but no more than five, okay? Okay. Grab a coffee and come back in five minutes. Thanks. Okay? Okay, okay. five minutes. Okay. Consist. Ah, good. oh, I forgot to put it on. Alan, what would I do without you? So the question is right now, if this is, if everything is changing, the question right now is, is any of these changes represent an emerging opportunity for me? And i want gonna show you a few things, okay? Digital wallets, once the smartphone you know, became the hub of everything that we do. Why can't we put money in it? So right now we know that digital wallets are taking off and especially after the Corona because we were all told, right? I'm just putting it so that it's going to be quiet. I don't know why it's not working or it's working. So the question is of course, uh, can my business and it doesn't matter which business can use the concept of digital wallet? Angela from A A sixteen Z, which is uh, Anderson Horowitz, uh, uh, firm, which is the, I think the most important VC in the world, at least in my opinion, or at least one of, of the few that are leading the world, got on the stage at 2019. She was in a room with about 100 people. She asked them how many people are here are working in a fi- finance institutions. About third raised their hands. She uh, she looked at the other 66% and told them, listen, and this was the phrase, even if you won't change your working place, even if you won't change the category you're working in, if you'll we'll sit here in five years, and I'll ask you, who is giving financial services? All of you are going to raise hands. Why? Because the digital wallets give us another layer, okay? Because of of course, technology to give financial solution for anything our consumer needs. So are we right now in any business that we're working, are we looking at it? Are we asking ourselves, is there a way to to add another layer of digital uh, solutions for our clients that will enhance uh, their satisfaction Will uh, deepen their loyalty, will give us edge in compared to the uh, to the competitors and so forth, and a source of income. Are we asking this question? Okay, well the guy, well Facebook of course <laughs> asked this question when he tried to create Libra, and now they're you know they're trying to recreate something else, but the same concept. Okay, he says, how can because he knows that he's going he's, you know he's running into a lot of problem right now and there is going to be a lot of censorship on Facebook. rightly rightly so. Uh, but he said, okay, how can I monetize you know uh, the 2.5 billion people that are living on Facebook? So then he says, well, I'm going to create for them, you know a digital uh, digital wallet and a digital uh, crypto uh, asset or whatever and that I'm going to monetize because perhaps I won't be able to do it from commerce and from selling uh, you know, my uh, user information, which he's doing all the time, of course. Okay? So de- definitely Facebook is, is a good example of asking this question. Doesn't matter that you know, he, had, he, he has such serious uh, perception, you know, his image and perception is so negative so no one was willing to let him go into the FinTech, into the finance uh, sector, but the question was right. And the solution was right. The problem that he is not the one that can really put it on the table right now. Okay? So just, just to give you the idea, you know, what we are talking about, and this is only uh, United States. So can, I, can my business be connected to any kind of digital world? How can I use it? This is just to give you an example. Another example regarding uh, emerging opportunities. We know that we are going to move for one, from one interface to another. Okay, we started with the PC. We went to the web one, web two, mobile, and right now we know that in the five coming years we are going to move to extended reality, which is going to include into a immersive experience, uh, <clears throat> which include physical world, uh, uh, a ag- augmented world, and virtual world on the same device. Are we preparing for that? How can we use it to our advantage? Does it mean that there is going to be another way to communicate with our consumers? Can we communicate differently in order to create a different experience? Can we use it to learn more about our customers than what we know right now? How can we use the blockchain to secure the information? How can we use blockchain to increase the, the value that uh, our customers and clients are having from our um, uh, products and so forth. Can we use IoT? So if this is going to be, okay, web three, and this is going to be the consumer interface, but these are the layers beneath it, are we looking at it and asking ourselves, how can we use it? So this means really looking at micro trends and micro trends in, any, in, in, in different directions. But I, I put two things which are coming of course from the technology side, but have much greater or, or much more larger implication than just you know another device or another tool. Okay, so just to give you an idea. So just give you an example, you know, this, can, this company mind, mind and Body, well, this is a company that is assisting, uh, it's, it's a company that started as assisting um, uh, uh, owner of studios of, you know, small studios of uh, ballet, dancing and uh, yoga and so forth to run the, the, I would say the accounting. But now when I'm there, can I also assist with booking, you know, uh, uh, booking uh, you know, the meetings of, 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 of the clients? can i give the small businesses loans because i know their cash flow and i know how much money they give they, they put in and how much and is are they growing or not okay or spotify but i want to talk about e town do you know about meetown do you know this company no okay. okay i want to explain to you how it went with meetown meetown started as a company, a delivery, a food delivery company. What usually is is, is typical to uh, to this kind of companies is that they have they are heavy on uh, of staff. You have to have many people working for you. Okay, the you have to the, the promise is that you deliver the food you know which is fresh, hot, uh, in in a, in a price point which is relevant to your clients, and. Um, and the service should be, you know, besides the accurate and also the food should be delivered, you know, and besides the fact that it's still hot and, and fresh, it wanted to be tidy, clean and so forth. Yeah, I so this, what?
2: But didn't Meiton uh, got uh, slapped with a lawsuit and a fine or something?
0: No, 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 Let, no, no, Let me explain the principle, okay, no. I wouldn't worry about uh, Meiton, <laughs> not at all. So it is a Chinese company. And what happened is that they went to a price point. Do you know how much uh, a delivery in the States is is about? How The average uh, uh, food delivery in the States, the, the price of it? Anyone has an idea? Okay, it's about $7. They got to a price of 70 cents. So they started and they accumulated because it was so cheap. So what happened is they, they started with 1 million, 2 billion, you know, because it's a Chinese market, it's a huge market. And what happened, they, they simply changed the eating habits of the Chinese because it got so cheap because the price of their food from the restaurant was, was reasonable. And, you know, you, they don't have to invest because, you know, they're working right now very hard because, the the, 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 the uh, you know, everybody are moving from poverty to, to to the middle uh, level in in, in China. So middle uh, income, so everybody are working very hard. Uh, so uh, and, And women also working very hard, so wonderful. We don't have to cook, we get the food we want. It's very cheap and we don't have to worry too much about the service, how much it costs. And so we are very happy with it. So this was the first phase. So what, but this is not the interesting part. Because I got to use, if I'm a Chinese woman, and now I started using Meetown in the beginning, I use it, you know, once a week, and then I thought that it's so good. So I use it twice a week, and then three times a week. And then I find myself, you know, that between four or five times a week, I use Meetown. What is happening to me as a consumer? I'm developing trust in the company. So right now, Meetown, you know, they earn, very, I mean, I mean, the revenues is, 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 is growing because, because, you know, you have a bigger audience, but the, but the profit is very small, right? Okay, so they're working with many clients, giving service to a mass. They are growing very quickly uh, uh, thanks to network effect, but the, the revenues are very small, but then they use the asset the asset which is intangible of the trust of the consumers to do something totally different. One day, me, the Chinese woman, when I opening the Midtown app, app to order my food, there is an announcement. If you're planning to go overseas for a vacation, why won't you book with us your flights, and your hotels. I have such big faith and belief in, I would say the transparency of MeTown, their honesty, their loyalty to me, the fact that they do take care very good of me. So I say, okay, why won't I try it once? And again, the service is great. So what they're doing is that they are flipping the business proposal and they're moving from you know, very low, you know, daily routine service with huge amount of users, but the uh, profits is very low to a high margin market which is being used not very frequently, not very regularly, but even if it's once a year or twice a year, it's the high margin market. So they are using this intangible uh, asset, which is the client trust to create a different kind of business. And within three years, they replaced the, first, the, 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 the leader of the market.
1: Amazing, right?
0: Then I think they were bought uh, by WeChat but, uh, of, or the other company, but uh, the, uh, one of the two big companies in China, but that is this. So just look at it. Very, very creative. Okay, so, and this is of course what we call the super app, okay? So uh, Uber, we know, I don't want to go now into Neonable because we don't have m- enough time and we're running out of time, but look what happened with Uber. For example, right now, during the corona, Uber created a service of getting vaccination at home. So you don't have to go to the clinic where you are afraid to sit with all these people that you don't know whether they, uh, you know, infected with, with corona. No, we send you a nurse home. She comes to your home. You have, And then she gives you the certificate. And now you're okay. Think about it. And for that, I'm willing to pay much more than for any uh, 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 usual Uber, right?
1: Because this is a premium service. Okay.
0: So, um... I wanna go further because I wanna now explain to you about what I think for me is, are we okay? Can I go on? Guys,
1: nice? Yes, yes.
0: Brilliant. Now I want to talk about client-based innovation.
1: What does it mean?
0: 20 years ago or 30 years ago, this was what students in MBA used to learn. You, you, do you know this model?
2: The oh, fun. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Too well. Okay.
2: Too well. Porters one and SWAT one. was like part of our main subject in this MBA.
0: What? And, anyway. And SWAT, so SWAT and Porter, okay. SWAT and Porter. Okay. This is a totally irrelevant concept in my belief, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> <hope> Classic. <laughs>
0: What? What are you saying?
2: You're right, it's classic, it's irrelevant model, but... No, they teach it's like us. the
0: Mona Lisa. It's like yes. the Mona Lisa. It's good tell to, go to the university,
2: music. tell to the university.
0: Well, <laughs> this is not my role, unfortunately, but as you know, but it's irrelevant because right now what is happening, this model is definitely a good model to what? To a linear... Market and to a linear change, it's totally irrelevant when we are talking about exponential uh, changes. Because due to the fact that we have technology, you know, that we can embrace, you know, it's not so hard to to be a competitor. Uh, you know, you can create a startup. Do you know that creating a startup at two thousand, at two thousand, uh, sorry, at uh, yeah, to, uh, twenty thousand? you know uh, in the beginning of the century, this century? Do you know how much it used to cost? It used to cost. $5 million, do you know how much it costs 13 years later? To start an online company from your bedroom, at 2013, it costs only $5,000. And of course it's dropping. Okay, so this is just, in a, you know, just to give you an idea, this is a totally irrelevant in my opinion model. So from what, so what we are moving, we are moving totally to what we call the arena model. The arena model was, I think, created by uh, Mary, I forgot her name. Uh, she wrote also a very good book called The End of, of Competitive Advantage. She's a teacher, I think, in the business school or whatever in, in London. But I like this because she says, you must focus on the consumer, the need and the solution. And I want to take a very classic story that everybody are talking about. And I want to put on the table the interpretation of my dear mentor, Peter Diamandis. Everybody are talking about Kodak and what they're all the time talking about what? About the fact that Kodak missed what? The opportunity to embrace the new technology, right? Right. Right. So you remember yesterday, we talked about asking the question, what is your, What is the reason for your existence? You remember we talked about that? What do you think was the role of Kodak in the life of its users? What do you think it is? What do you think it was? They thought they're in the business of chemicals and cameras. But in the inner world of the clients and the consumers, they were a vehicle that they applied in order to what? To
1: create memories.
0: If you take, if you, if we would have sitting, if we would have sitting with Kodak management and we would have asked them, what is your role? in the business of your cons- cons- consumers. Not what you think you bring to the world. Not think what are the services and you know, products that you give. What is the role? What is the job needs to be done that you are being hired to do according as to, to the perception and the method of Clay Christensen? What is the job needs to be done that you are being hired to do?
1: And, what, what,
0: and if this question was asked, and if there was only one person in the room brave enough to say, we are assisting people in creating and, you know, encapsulating uh, uh, and, and capturing the most happiest days of their lives or the most important memories of their lives, I believe they would have been a shift, a mind shift. Also, mm. sorry, just, just a second, I'll just finish a second. And then hopefully Kodak would have been in a different way, w- way you see? And this relates, this, the, this model is totally in line with the concept of asking the right, the most, the more beautiful question. Sorry, you wanted to say something? No. Um- Sorry for interrupting. Just no, no, that, no, no, no. no. It's okay. It's okay. What
2: you said uh, reminded me that um, they uh, I, I heard I uh, read the research. Uh, they talked about his motivations and how they talk about uh, giving motivation to the employee by really thinking about what they are meant to be doing and not in the logistical way. Like yeah. you're, you're right. I'm just yeah. giving a random example. Like you're not cleaning the floor. You are creating a, a wonderful environment, a
0: clean environment. Right. All the You're people right.
2: that are in this totally right, yeah. Like giving yeah. something it. that is way beyond like what you are physically oh. doing right now.
0: You're totally right. You know, one of my teachers said that uh, when he came into one of the offices, uh, there was what we usually call the the person doesn't matter whether it's a wo- woman or or uh, or a man that is sitting in the front desk of of an office. You know, when you go into a big office and he's sitting in the in the entrance, how do we call him usually? Well, Dorm- how we, what is the definition of the of its, uh, office its occupation, of his profession? You think doorman, secretary, doorman, secretary. Okay, great. Other options. Front desk. Okay. Front desk. Brilliant. You know what was written here? What was on the badge? First impression officer. Brilliant. And if you think about it, it's totally like that, right? Because if you get into an office and there is someone which is very lovely and asking, how are you? How was the trip here? Did you find a place in our parking lot? Was it easier to use the elevator? Can I offer you something to drink? Are you interested in going to our toilet? What do you think about the company? Wow. such a lovely place. If you come in you know she says sit down we will call you you want coffee oh well go and find there is somewhere there i can't speak with you right now i'm busy what do you think mm, not so nice so i think this i think this very crystallizing the idea of first impression officer what i urge you to do all the time is to give up on any kind of conviction, of understanding of situations that you have, and try to see it from totally different angles. This is the essence of what we are doing today. Remember that, first impression officer. Okay. And for that, what we usually need to do is what we call radical empathy. Everybody, anyone is familiar with this expression, radical empathy?
1: You never heard about it? Okay.
0: Radical empathy comes from psychology. And the idea is that until you put yourself in some, someone else's shoes, you will never understand what, where, they're, where they're coming from. And two years after September 11, in one of the TED conference, a psychologist got get on the on, on the stage in New York, where they had the problem. Of course, you know the terrorist attack. It's not a problem. It's a terrorist attack. And he stands and he says, and he put pictures of children age five, six, seven, and so forth, that are being drafted
1: by Ben Laden. And everybody in the crowd, you know, are getting extremely agitated. And he's
0: telling them, if we want to be able to deal with the problem, we must understand what is happening to this five, six, seven years old that is being drafted to be a soldier against the United States. Why he's willing to do that, why his family is willing to, you know, send him so you know so gracefully to this uh, military uh, camp at, at the age of 5 and then he starts explaining and describing what are the life of this 5 years old wherever he was living
1: radical empathy is putting yourself in the most unhard
0: hard situations in the, even in the, you know, in the shoes of your enemy. Because only then you can really understand what is their motivation, how can you tackle them and so forth, okay? So now I gave you the extreme version, but I wanna show you how it's being done in the financial world in the States, okay? You are, and and I, I wanna go through this very, very briefly because I want to continue. But this is like, for example, finding out what are the five pain points. Okay, I don't know whether you are aware of it, but about 60% of the, of the United States population these days, can't cover, they can't cover $400 in emergency sum uh, um, that they suddenly have to, you know, they have to pay to someone, they don't have it. The situation in the United States is very, is, is, is very aggravating right now. So what they are doing right now, this kind of company, they are looking and seeing what, what, how can we tackle each of these point points point, and give them solutions okay, that will help them you know, work properly. And I'm going to give you just one example. Let's assume, and that's it, and I want to then uh, continue, but just to give you an idea. Let's assume my name is Jenny. And I was married when I was 18, I had five children. I never had the chance to go to either college or university and I'm working in Starbucks. I'm earning $6 an hour. And uh, on the way to work, my car broke. I have to go to the garage. They're telling me I have to pay $400 to fix it. And I have to do it because otherwise I don't have a car. I I can't go to work. Usually what I would do, I would call this, you know, a day loaning, day loaning companies, you know, which, which, they, which the problem is not the sum, but the interest that they're taking, okay, which is extremely high. And then I, I, I listen, I, have the, I need to have the money now. So they transfer the money to my account. I'm paying to the uh, garage or whatever. And then, to, and then I continue to go to work, but then I have a problem because the problem is not the $400 I have to pay, but the interest that I have to pay all the time. <laughs> Sorry. So this was what's happening thing now. There was this nice guy, son of immigrants, that used to be an accountant in a company. And every week, people from the company used to come and ask him, "Can we get, you know, uh, uh, part of? Uh, can we get some of the salary, you know, either as a loan or, you know, um, any kind of, of uh, agreement that you want to, to 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 make with us? But we need the money right now. We can't wait till we get the paycheck." We can't get, We can't wait for the pay, for the uh, to, for the paying day, and we need the and the check that will come in the end of the month for the middle of that, We need it now. So he went to another company, started working there, and he had the same problem. So then he created a company called Earning. And what is happening right now? Instead of me, you know, going and you know to this loan in, in high uh, you know interest rate, I became a part, a member of the community of Earning. And when I'm, I'm willing to be a part of the community of earning, I give earning the possibility to um, to connect to my phone and also to my working place. So next time I'm stuck, you know, my, my car broke, I'm calling earning and, or sending in WhatsApp. Listen, I have a problem I need right now, $400. So they go into my, they go to my, uh, Wi-Fi, uh, sorry, my uh, GPS and they're checking how many days I was at Starbucks this month. And they see that I al- already earned $2,000, for example. So no worries. They send me immediately the money. No interest. No interest whatsoever. And then, of course, I don't have the problem with, you know, with the sharks and paying, you know, high interest and so forth. How much do you think earning is taking now if they're not taking interest? Probably you can think, well, they're taking any kind of a fee, right? How much fee do you
1: think they're taking from me? Give me an idea.
0: Let's assume the shark took from me 50%. How much do you think they're taking from me?
1: 3%. Maybe?
2: How much? 3,
0: 3%. Okay, brilliant. More ideas?
2: Nothing, they're taking nothing.
0: Okay, so how do they make money?
2: Out of the database of people.
0: Okay, good answer. Other options? Okay, Tal, first of all, this was a very good idea, but they have other ideas. Once I get the money, they write to me, we gave you a service that we know we needed, and we are happy to do that. Are you willing to tip
1: us? send us a tip
0: and because I know I used to pay so much what do I do I'm happily what I'm happily giving them a large tip right because I know that they really assist me and then they show me because they know the network that I'm in look these are also five of your best friends who also we assist would you like also to assist and give a tip for them So what is happening, I go to work and I'm standing near my friend Janet and I'm telling that you know what happened to me today? You know what happened to me, you know, and this is what happened and learning assist me. So what is happening? Janet says, I want this as well. And we know that the most important battle between the incumbents and the startup is whether the startup will be capable of growing fast enough until the incumbent can create an innovation. So meaning earning is using, in a very interesting way, the network effect, and they're creating a community. Amazing, huh? So this is just one story of one company.
1: They make enough money just with just with the tips.
0: <laughs> uh, they have a ma- yeah, but also on top of it, are, now the companies are also want to be involved because it's assisting them because they don't have to deal. So now companies are coming to them. Listen, we don't want to give all these loans. Please take them. Please please take our uh, our our uh, employees and take care of them. Amazing, huh? So they created like a three a three uh, sides market. Very interesting. Okay. Sorry, I can't do that. I, I just, we have the presentation. I'm trying to, because we're supposed to finish in 10 minutes and okay. Okay, we talked about that. Okay. I wanna talk about at least this. I know we know, uh, hopefully let's say, let's try, let's try to see at least two more tools. One is Uncommon Partners, Uncommon Collaborators. What usually is happening in companies <coughs> sorry, just a second when companies I'm trying are supposed to find uh, um, collaboration, usually we are looking at collaboration in the first or the second tier from our business. What we find, which is much more interesting, is if you find collaboration with organizations which are far away from your industry. Dealing with total different clients, and I just want to give give you one example. Low, low is like our uh, like Home Depot, okay, or Home Center, or whatever. And they wanted to give the customer a different kind of experience, because when you go to a shop like uh, Home Depot or Home Center, and you're looking, for example, at the painting, okay, you want to paint the walls in your apartment, you can't envision how it's gonna look. You want to do something, you know, might be a little bit radical, like, you know, have a pink, pink wall in, 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 the, in, the, in the kitchen or, the, or in your living room or whatever. So they were looking for a partner that will give them the opportunity. So they connected Microsoft, which Microsoft is highly advanced right now with uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. They have very good solutions and they did it already 10 years ago. And why, so, you, so we understand what is the logic of Home Depot or law in this sense. Why should Microsoft be interested in such a collaboration? It's low tech. It has nothing to do with the services they have. What do you think law has that Microsoft doesn't have
1: and wishes to have?
0: Why Microsoft would be will agree so happily to this kind of collaboration.
2: Collect data.
0: One idea, Good. Good. Any that more ideas?
1: What?: Learn shopping habits. Very good idea.
0: Another one. Any more ideas? Microsoft doesn't have any immediate. Informal formal contact with their clients. We all deal with Microsoft through the computer, right? We never speak with them, right? We don't know, they, they don't have too much information. How, that, how does, how the, how does uh, the experience in immersing inside their, their, their product? And definitely, you know, extended reality uh, uh, v- uh, devices are definitely an immersive experience suddenly they can have it. Also, Microsoft doesn't have any retail ability, right? So for law, it's a hassle to have all this, you know, selling point and to take care of them. But this is exactly what Microsoft wishes she has. Law workers, employees are tired from dealing with customers, with the nagging, nagging, nagging all the time in the store. Microsoft wishes she has more direct, intimate, informal relationship with the clients. So it's a win-win situation. Always try to look beyond the first and the second tier of your collaborations and go to, uh, and this is, this is a concept that uh, Kyle, which is one of uh, nine, which is one of my teacher for Singularity created, he, call, he, called, it, he called it Uncommon uh, Partners, This is the name of his company. is a spin-off of uh, Singularity, and you can read more. And he also, I think he wrote a book about it, just to give you an idea, okay? I I won't go into all these uh, options. Now, the last regarding this, the last thing I want to talk about is job needs to be done. This is (laughs) uh, a quote from uh, Ted Levitt, which is one of the most famous. a business at, uh, school teachers ever and he says no one goes to the house store to buy a, a, qu- a quarter inch drill, right go and buy the quarter inch hole I think it's a very good one right so I think I think uh that uh this is uh this is once you and, and this is what I'm trying to say it's the flip child flip side because for example when You talked yesterday about all the products that you talked. I was asking myself, do you really
1: understand either your clients or your customers? Did any of you ever flip the sides and really, did you ever sit in your client's position?
0: The world looks totally different. I must tell you that it doesn't matter for which company, but it was, it's, it's one of the Israeli international companies. I was called by the president and he said, um, what do you think we should do? I said, well, let's take five of your biggest clients and for a whole day, I want the teams that are dealing with these clients, I want them to, to, to tell me not about how does it feel to, to deal with the client, I want them to be the clients. And we created this flow. And I said, okay, let's talk about what are the main threats and what main opportunity of those clients from their perspective, not from yours, from your organization's point of view. And then let's talk about what they believe are the most important parameters regarding kind of uh, a collaboration or partnership. And then through their eyes, let rank your company and your competitors And then you might find where the risk and where the opportunities. And I think this is crucial and none none of us are doing it. This is crucial. I think we'll stop here because I think it's, it's, it's enough. I think there is enough, there are more information, but I think it's enough, right? You got enough information for today? Are you with me?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I know, I think it's interesting, the information, but it lets, I don't know what everyone
0: else thinks. Okay, so five more minutes because I want you to start working. Okay, so a new business model is just, first of all, this is a very important slide from one of my teacher, called, I mean, Tufani. He's a genius. He finished a, a double uh, um, degree from Harvard and from Stanford PhD in the same time. And what he says, You remember we talked about Peter Diamandis. He said, if you don't have right now a digital version, connected version of your product, go and do that. He's talking about Uberization, meaning just in time what you want. This is one, this is the second one. The third one is hyper customized product or service. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm ch- I, I don't know what's happening today. Sorry, okay. Uh, anyway, do you understand
1: these three concepts or should I explain them?
0: Guys, do I understand them or we, you need to, we need to explain them? Can you you
2: explain them a little bit more?
0: Yeah,
1: okay. Before the corona,
0: when you thought about meeting with your doctor, what did you think about? Getting into the app, you know, signing out an appointment, right? Requesting an appointment with the doctor, right? And going and sitting there for half an hour and waiting because, you know, it's never on time when you go to the doctor's office. Right, and this is what you do. What happened with the corona? Are we still doing it?
2: No, No, we're talking with the doctor over app, we're texting. Brilliant. Online.
0: Brilliant. So this is moving from analog service to digital, virtual, digital solution. Okay, understood? Yes. Okay. Just deliver on time. I'll give you an example. Uh, when, I, when, you, when you travel abroad for a business trip, what we know is that if you had a very, very long trip, you know what is the best solution to make sure that, that will assist you, you know, not having muscle pain and uh, fatigue and so forth, you know, besides sleeping, what is the best one? Having a massage. Usually at which hours, usually you can get a massage in the hotel
1: when? During the
0: day, exactly when you usually need it, when you During got very day. light, very be exactly. So, there is a huge gap between what you need as a customer and so, yeah, what 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 usually you, you the, the the solutions that are being offered for you. So, I can assure you that if right now, if I would have got to any kind of, of, of hotel and they will tell me, you have 24 hours a day. Uh, um, um, Yeah. What do you think is gonna happen to the amount of massages that its hotel will will sell?
2: Increase. Great.
0: And if we think about it in terms of Clay Christensen and the concept of what we call competing against non-consumption, because all of us, We don't use massage because we know we don't have it in the right time, right? Right. So this you see, so if you change it, you're really competing competing against non consumption. And hyper-customize, okay. What is happening right
1: now when someone gets cancer? When someone got what cancer?
0: Cancer, yeah. Unfortunately, what is really happening? There is a protocol, right? You should have a surgery, then you'll have uh, chemotherapy, radiation and so forth, right? Right. This is based on the idea that one size fits all. But if every body is different than the other one, And each of us is different than each other, meaning also our tumors are different. So what is gonna happen if instead of doing this routine and working with this protocol, we will do a total different analysis of the the cancer, which we know already that it's genetic mutation usually and we will find what is the right, what is the, the exact mutation that this person has, and we will create for him using uh, biotechnology uh, therapy, a hyper-customized
1: process, therapy. What do you think are the chances that he will recover? I can assure you much higher.
0: Okay, or if it's going to be addressed, that I'm uh, asking for whatever you know event I have and so forth.